So right before this podcast, I got a workout in and I'm so proud of myself. Yay! And I didn't even need to tell myself, you got this. Like, I just had it. That is awesome. I was like, okay, I'm going to go for 10 minutes on the bike. I didn't have a lot of time because we had this podcast recording, but I was like, I'm going to get something in today. And so I got 15 minutes in, I turned up my music. And if it weren't for this podcast, I'd still be writing because I was just like in a good space. And that is maybe the first time I've said this on the podcast because I rarely feel like that. So uh, Miradi, are you still working out? What's what's your thing? I'm still working out. But today I had an early meeting. So I only worked out for 15 minutes. So it's perfectly okay, but at least you got it in and I felt good about it. So yeah, I still try to do it four times a week, but even today I had a seven o'clock call and I'm like, okay, let me just go and do it the little time that I have. And I still feel great. So I'm so proud of you, Elisa. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> and my goal has been to get at least 30 minutes of movement, like a walk, something. And then it's cool because once I set that 30 minute goal, On some days, I can go an hour, an hour and a half. And then days like today, I went 15. But like the point is, this isn't a goal setting episode, but (laughs) (laughs) setting that little goal has really made a difference for me. But look at you, how happy you even look and how much you're smiling and how happy you are to tell the story is very different than from a few weeks ago. (laughs) Yeah, when I was like, I hate this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. Sandy, we're going to introduce you in a little bit, but what's your workout life like? <laughs> Let me just put oh, you on the spot. <laughs> sure. I, I didn't know you were going to put me on spot. I love it. So on my workout, I try to do every day if possible, but unless I travel. But even when I travel, I try to find a place has workout place. Uh, so what I do, I'm a morning person. I get up five and I do my routine workout and I, I have a dog. I walk my dog for 10, 20 minutes to listen to my podcast or not. I love biking and playing tennis. So uh, all sorts of stuff. But that's part of my life. I'm so glad we talked about this. Love it. I love it. Okay. So this working out thing, this is like when I think about my ideal life, I want to be a healthy person and I don't want to make health a burden or a chore for me. And I see so many successful women who like just have it down. Like when I look at Medati, she's like on it. And Rosa is like a walking machine in the snow (laughs) consistently. (laughs) And I just go through phases where sometimes I'm totally like that. Sometimes it takes a little bit more to get going. So I love to hear that the people that just have it, like you, Sandy, it's just like you just wake up and you do it. It seems so effortless and I want to be there someday. <laughs> but I tell you what I've started to introduce in my workout routine. I don't know if you guys are going to like this. Napping. <laughs> I love Napping. it. That's what I need. You know, I've come to realize that I'm always on. And I think it gets to a point that you can actually break yourself down because you're always on and then allowing yourself to actually stop and take a nap and not feeling guilty about it that is my goal and for that I got myself a nap dress which I didn't know they existed until someone told me 
what? Tell me about this nap dress. Apparently, it's all the rage in California, Alisa. So I am today in honor of go get what you want. I'm wearing a nap dress. That's your nap dress? That's so adorable. Yes. There you go. Oh my gosh. You're just like stepped up the game right now. (laughs) I don't know if my children would allow me to take naps. I probably would have to hide from them to make that happen. But I love the idea. There you go. There you go. I might just buy the dress. of going after what you want and seizing opportunities. We have an incredible episode today. I'm so excited. I've been thinking about this topic all week. And in my personal entrepreneurship journey, I've been thinking a lot about how I have so much freedom to do what I want that I cage myself in. And I think I've talked about this in previous episodes. And when opportunities come, I have this opportunity to join an agency part-time to do B2B podcasting. And like, obviously, I'm on a podcast here. I love podcasting. It's a great opportunity. It's super smooth work for me. But I was like, oh, no, but that's not coaching. Like, that's not my business. What am I going to do? But the person that I'm working with is like, well, what if this allowed you to do more of the other stuff that you wanted to do? And it really opened my eyes and I started seeing it in a different way. And so today we're going to be looking at opportunities and changing course without hesitation and really I would say, being open to the possibilities that await you. So let me talk about who's here with me today. I have Rosa Santos, leadership and organizational development expert, human resource executive. And then I have Dr. Miradi Simeon. She is a motivational speaker and an HR executive. My name is Alisa Monjadas. I'm a vision producer, executive coach, and whatever else I want to be. And this is the What Rules podcast where we can all do whatever we want, wherever we work, however we work. And we are here to help multicultural women outsmart the game to advance in their career. And joining us is a special guest, Sandy Lee. And Sandy, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us all the hats that you wear. We heard about your workout routine. What else do you do? Thank you, Alisa. Great to be here. So I'm uh, currently the best president of finance for a leading cannabis company. Started my career with entrepreneur tech company. I ran the company for a few years after college. Then moved to North America, Toronto, Canada. And since then, been working, of course, as an executive in public, private, investment banking, and cannabis. So uh, being, of course, worked, lived in China, Canada, and America. So I, I even don't know really who I am, but I know I enjoy my life every single day. Glad to be here. That's amazing. I mean, you are the epitome of the multicultural women. That's for sure. Uh, Living in multiple countries and speaking multiple languages. It's really interesting to hear about all the places you've been and the jobs that you've had. What would you say is the thing that helped you to seize opportunities the most? How did you do it? (laughs) I don't know how I do it. I just do it. I think sometimes you can 
smell and see opportunity right in front of you. My life, I've been blessed with all those great opportunities, great mentors and friends. Uh, sometimes it's just in front of me, sometimes it's just through different channels. And I love it because another thing is that I love to learn. I think a continual education to me is a big deal. I'm still learning. I'm learning from everyone, even from my children every single day. That's what I can see opportunity in front of me. I know that's the right opportunity. If not, so what, right? Uh, you just do it. If not working, there's other opportunities going to wait for you. Sometimes we have to create the opportunity. We talk about networking. We talk about mentors. We talk about friends. Most of my opportunity does not really come from recruitment. It's really coming from friends, from connections. I love to be with people. I love to be, be able to help others. I think what do you get is what you gave. How do you know that's the right opportunity, of course, because you continue learning and you will know sometime. But if you don't know, I will, you need to do some research. Right? We talk about this cannabis as an Asian Chinese woman. You know, my classmates even call me weed lady. I say, Sandy, I cannot imagine you're a cannabis, you know, because that's great opportunity. That's right opportunity. I have done my research. I've done my study and uh, I have great connections in the space. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm still cracking up at people calling you weed lady because I would feel so uncomfortable calling you that. <laughs> it's okay. I'm in the weed business. So, uh, uh, but what i am hearing sunday is that you don't necessarily jump into the opportunity you do your homework before you think this is something that it could be good for you i'm open right every single day i'm up in the universe i think it's about you know i work a lot on my mindset every day affirmation all this i think a partial of my self-development is of course, physical workout, we talked about the beginning of this podcast. But a lot is about, you know, your mental strength. I spend a lot of time doing that. You're right. Back to your question that I don't really jump into opportunity uh, because there's this called opportunity cost as well, right? Yes. So everything has a cost. And right. by once you do calculate risk and benefits, I take a calculated risk. That's how I started make a movement. What about you guys, Mirari? How do you know an opportunity is in front of you worth taking? What I agree with, Sandy, I think, because I feel that I've taken a lot of opportunities and created a lot of who I am today, but I kind of had my mindset, this is what I want. And I do take calculated risks to create that opportunity. There has been times where I have not taken that opportunity because it wasn't the right time for me or my family. And, you know, I always talk about my team. My team is my family. So there's times where I said, mm, not right now. And it's been okay. But then there's also been times where I'm like, okay, it is the risk that me and my family are willing to take. From a career perspective or even a personal perspective, from a learning perspective, even just something as getting my doctorate. It was the right time for me and my family to do that. Was it easy? No. 
but it was a calculated risk that we were all in and willing to take. So I 100% believe in, in, just like Sandy said, exercising because I feel that that clears my mind. But then also thinking about, I'm always thinking about my future, what it could be, what it couldn't be, what I can do. Okay, let me take the chance and do this. I'm always thinking about it. So when the opportunity arises, I'm like, is it the right time? Let me let me step back and think about it. So I don't just jump into it either. I do think about it and what the risks are, um, not just to me, but the people in, in my family. I created a business plan this morning and my business plan for the Happy Cactus is a project or person has to be fun, cool, and then I need to be able to invoice at the end. Those are my criteria. Is it fun? Is it cool? Can I invoice? I'm a year in and it takes me a long time to just embrace that, that that is my process and that it doesn't look like everyone else's process. I have a client she has a five binders for her life, mission, purpose, all these things. And she's very calculated and all of the decisions she makes are very intentional, very purposeful. And I really respect that, but I don't work like that. And I come back to this all the time. Is it fun, cool, and can I invoice? And I finally am just starting to embrace that. That is my process. Like, and that's okay. No, I love yeah. that you said that because even when I started speaking, a lot of the things were what people wanted me to talk about. And now I'm like, no, this is what I want to talk about. This is what I love. This is what I'm really good at. And to your point, you know, what's your budget? <laughs> Let's talk about it. <laughs> Let, hey, ladies, I love it. it. Of course, I'm a <laughs> number person, number person. I'm in the business of numbers. So, you know, we talk about, hey, numbers. Yeah, because I don't know if that happened to you or to any of you, but one of the things I was noticing because I love to do it and I was having fun, I was just doing it, right? And I love inspiring people and I love to see the impact that I make, but I'm like, why do I keep doing this for free? <laughs> <laughs> My time is money too, because it does take time yeah. to prepare, to put it together and just even be there in the moment. So yeah, I'm all into it now, Sandy, as far as numbers, but it took me a minute. (laughs) Sandy's all about numbers. I know that. So hearing you guys, and I'm all down for the money, huh? Lisa knows this very well. So I'm all down to make sure that we know our worth and we know when we make choices, what impact is that financially is going to have, right? For us and in the way that we are pursuing our careers. But I tell you, hearing and listening to you right now, you all seem so process orientated. Like, okay, we've got this down. And it doesn't sound to me like a lot of risk-taking. And because I know the three of you, and if nobody knew <laughs> who you are, they all would think that you go through this risk analysis and then you do PowerPoints. And <laughs> and I know you three, and I know there are occasions when you've gone and seize an opportunity with your gut, for lack of a better word. And you all know how much I love to plan. But I, for one, I think that some of the best opportunities that have come my way, I didn't risk assess them. I think I made them worth the risk afterwards. And I actually think that a lot of those opportunities, and I can think of like at least three in my life. Okay. Cause I'm like, what? Well, tell me. <laughs> and I think I've spoken about them here, but they were like pivotal to becoming who I am today. 
So from the moment, for instance, and I think I've told this story before of sitting on an airplane next to somebody who offered me a job or the idea of a job, right? But it's like those moments of kind of knowing something is in front of you and you need to interrupt it and make it yours, right? And sometimes because we think way too much, some of those opportunities might just walk us by. So I think for me, there's a little bit of that balance of to what extent you truly take your time. And I think it depends on what we're talking about. And I guess the level of maturity and risk, the scale is different depending on, I think, who you are, your situation, and, and maybe where you are in your life and in your career. That That is true, right? But at the same time, I think we, we need to remain open to Sunday's point. Open, because you never know what possibilities, something that you hadn't even thought about, could bring to you. And I always talk in terms of when I went to college when I was 17 or 18, and my options were very reduced, were very small, is either being a doctor, a teacher, or a lawyer. That's what I thought, (laughs) right? And then I happened to be doing something, you know, to travel and visit others or doing exchanges. In Europe, you do these exchanges with other schools and missing all these people. And then it's when I realized like, wow, there is a job called makeup food artist. Nobody had told me about that, that that was a possibility, right? Had I known, maybe today I would be like a super cool (laughs) makeup food artist for what we know. But I always talk about that because sometimes you don't know what you don't know. And then you assess things based on a very rigid paradigm. I mean, I go back to what Sandy said earlier. It's kind of staying in that learning mindset, because if you do, then you probably learn more opportunities or things that you weren't even aware of that existed. What are the barriers that have stopped you in the past that you know you don't want to stop you in the future? Money finances. I go back to what Sandy said. I think I would have taken a lot more risks if I would have started early on thinking of finances differently. I think you learn from what has not worked, right? And I think for me, throughout the years, I've learned when maybe when I seized an opportunity or maybe I created an opportunity that didn't result or didn't have the outcome that I wanted, I really, in that moment, I do a purposeful kind of notation in my head to make sure that the following time I I take certain things into consideration. Because there have been a few occasions that I've had this sense of guilt sometimes, especially with career guilt, because maybe I got a different job that required a different kind of involvement and engagement at a higher level for me. And maybe I would have left my son to be at home longer than maybe I, in hindsight, I should have, which is good for me, it goes all about this, your worth as well. <laughs> and how much are you willing to you know, to give up and invest from yourself in that, in making that opportunity a success. So for me, it's a lot about that, a little bit of an after action review. And also once I make a decision, I go full on. It may not work out, but I think it's a matter of owning your choice and your decision and your responsibility behind it. It can go sideways and they need to go sideways because if they don't go sideways, then 
I think that those experiences is when you can quickly do all of you guys' processes <laughs> much, much faster than if you have to start from always being successful and not having failed. That's how I do it now. I really lean into the experience of having certain opportunities that, in fact, didn't, they didn't pan out the way that I was expecting. Alisa, if you think about barrier for me is a lot about the intention, right? So I would think, where's your intention? Where would be your energy? So for example, in the morning, we get up, we exercise because that's my intention to do. I get energy from that, right? So our career development, our personal development and others, the same thing. So my barrier, of course, I've come a long way is that a self-development. When I came here, a friend of mine brought me to a Toastmaster. Everybody was so good. You know, it's just so natural for them. I just thought, no, no, this is not for me. It's not for me. So next time he said, oh, let's, let's go back. So no, I'm not going. But here's the thing. When I see now going, I said, no, this actually is a good. It's a good because communication skills, presentation skills, every single leadership needs it. That's my, you know, I'm afraid. Go there, right? But guess what? I went back. Not only I went back, a couple years later, I mentor people. I sit on the leadership team or not. We all have internally freedom of something. But back to what I said, where is your intention? Where's your energy? I know one day I want to be CFO, CEO. I know I need a presentation communication. When I talk about this, of course, I can read in Chinese. This is back to many, many years ago, right? By multi languages, I needed to practice. I keep on course of learning. Uh, I think it's that my barrier, this is my career is intention and see uh, yourself with the unemployment. I love that. I want to give a shout out to my Toastmasters group, presenters and facilitators, Toastmasters in California, once a month on Tuesdays. It's funny because our group is presenters and facilitators and people get really intimidated. Like, I'm not a presenter, or but then they become them. And then you see the transformation. And for me personally, I, I rejoined Toastmasters. I was in it like 10 years ago. And I rejoined when I moved to a new city so I could meet some people and work on my skills. And I can see where I need to grow a lot. I've never been so aware of my flaws in speaking as I am today <laughs> because of that. And I'm also very aware of my strengths in that. And thinking back, you know, when I was like, my idea of a successful person is someone who exercises and someone, but it is that you work on yourself and not everyone works on themselves. And I think that Whatever gets you there is not what's going to take you to the next level necessarily. And so you have to find those moments or those areas or those gaps to get you to the next place. And so for you, you're like, I need to be able to present in multiple languages if I want to become a CFO, CEO someday. And you're doing it and you're working on it. Whereas other people might see you and be like, you're fine. You're done. You know, I agree. I think even when I started speaking, I... It was also a risk that I took. When I get nervous, my accent comes out and I say things in Spanish and it's just like, oh, and I kept going. I kept going and I got a 
coach and I'm just like, okay, I need to keep going. If it wasn't because I took that risk, I wouldn't have never had the opportunities that I have now. I mean, I speak globally and people are contacting me from Latin America, from all these places like, hey, we want you to speak. If that opportunity didn't come up and I didn't take it right there and then, because let me tell you, I was afraid. I was bright red. My hands were shaking. I mean, I was getting on that stage and I'm like, how am I even going to say a word? And I just took the risk. Then after that, I realized I needed more coaching on how to speak, but I took the risk and just kept learning and learning and practicing. It's a lot of work, but it is something that's completely changed the way I even look at life now and, and what I do. What I'm hearing, you guys, is, and within the context of sizing the opportunity, I think what you guys are talking about is how you seize the opportunity on ourselves. How do we put ourselves sometimes first before even we create maybe the aura or the right environment and predisposition for these opportunities to come to you, either to come naturally or because you are creating them. You just need to start with feeling good about yourself and feeling that it is okay to be a, a work in progress. I think we're all a work in progress and we'll define progress uniquely for each and every one of you. So it's awesome to hear that we all thought share that when thinking about about creating or seizing opportunities. Well done, ladies. Thank you. You, Rosa, have seized the nap opportunity. And I think that is something we can all aspire to. <laughs> yes. <laughs> With the wardrobe it. to go. With the <laughs> wardrobe to go. Exactly. I mean, talk about self-care. <laughs> yeah, I, I also that. see that as a theme in this. It's like seizing the big opportunities, but then seizing the small opportunities for your own health and well-being and growth. Whenever there's risk, there are going to be opportunity. It's about process. Sometimes not about the results, but a result will come along. But if you don't start, never have a result. Keep on learning, right? Self-development and build your confidence. If you have a confidence, you can do anything. Want to know how Breaking the Rules can help you level up your career game? Search What Rules Podcast on any social media platform and join our members-only group on LinkedIn, where we discuss rule-breaking strategies for multicultural women. What Rules is a production of Color Forward. The show is produced by me, Elisa Monjadas, with editing and fabulous sound design by Mathar Delion. Visit colorforward.com for more stories, events, and of course, all the episodes of What Rules. You've arrived. You're, you're the weed lady. <laughs>